Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, a listener writes in, and they have a great question here uh, today for us. Why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Well, this is a very important uh, question for us. At, at Christmas time, Christians celebrate the first coming of Jesus' birth. Ever, ever since Jesus was resurrected and he ascended into heaven, Christians have been wondering when their Lord would return. In the book of Acts, two men in white robes console the disciples after Jesus has disappeared into the clouds. In Acts 1, 10 through 11, which says, And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, saying, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. In the book of Revelation, in Revelation twenty two twelve, it says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompass with me, to repay each one for what he has done. Now, why did Jesus say he was coming soon when it's already been 2,000 years since his ascension? Should Christians doubt Jesus' second coming because he's taking so long to return? Well, the word soon in Revelation uh, 22.12 comes from the Greek word tachi, which means without delay, quickly, at once. And this word can also uh, mean relatively brief time subsequent to another point in time. Now, some Christians thought that Jesus would come back in their lifetime. They wondered why Jesus hadn't yet returned. The apostle uh, Peter stressed this concern in his second letter in 2 Peter 3, 3-4. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? 2 Peter 3, 8-10 says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one, with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burnt up and dissolved, and the, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. There, now, there was apparently some confusion among early believers as to what Jesus' words regarding his second coming meant. And Peter reminded them that God's view of time is different from ours, and so they shouldn't think that Christ's delay meant that he would not keep his promise. In a Revelation shorter commentary, theologian G.K. Beale notes the possibility that the phrase I am coming soon in Revelation 22.12 could allude to Christ's final coming as the next major event to occur in God's redemptive historical program. And yet Beale concludes that this phrase most likely refers to the suddenness of Christ's return, saying it is more probably a reference to the swift, unexpected appearance the latter with respect to the possibility that Jesus could come at any time. In light of the fact that Jesus has not yet come back, we find support in other scripture passages that 
uh, indicates the manner of Christ's return. Now, Jesus, he he spe- makes specific mention of the swiftness of, re- of his return in Matthew and Luke. Matthew 24, uh, 42 through 44, and Luke 21, uh, 34 through 36 say this, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what parts of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have been, not have left his house be broken into. Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now, the Apostle Paul exhorts the Thessalonians to live sober lives in light of the unpredictable timing of of the return of the Lord in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, which says, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Now, while we cannot know when Jesus will return, we must always be ready because his second coming will happen quickly, even unexpectedly. And when the first century Christians looked for Jesus to return in their lifetime, they were right to do so because Jesus consistently told his disciples to be ready at all times. And during this time of waiting, Jesus continues to gather his people to himself, building his church by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Christians can take heart during this time between the first and the second advents that Jesus keeps all of his promises and will indeed one day return to consummate his glorious kingdom. In fact, you know what? Here's something as we wrap up that is really, really important. In Second, uh, in Second Timothy four, Paul is longing. He says for the day. This day is the return of the Lord, the second coming of Jesus. And what he wants, as he's longing for, he's facing death at this time. He's about to die, and what he wants in in that passage is he wants. His, the parchments. He wants his Bible, he wants some clothes, and he wants uh, his books. And in the middle of this time, in the Paul giving some of his last words, he's longing for the day in which, in which he will go to be with the Lord. As Christians, we are to eagerly, as with Paul in 2 Timothy 4, eagerly long for the return of our Lord we are to look forward. In fact, this should be a, this is a motivation for us as Christians to pursue Christ in all of life. But it also should be something that provides a, a foundation, a, a fuel for our evangelism in the now, in the present. Not only to love our spouse well, to love our family well, to serve them well, but also it, it provides a foundation for reaching our neighbor for reaching the lost, for making disciples. You know, we don't just retreat because, you know what, our Lord is, has come back. So we get in our holy huddle, we stay in the walls of our church, and all we do is we ever talk to one another and about, uh, you know, things and theology and all those things. No, we get out. We, we are, uh, Jesus said in, in Luke 19.10 that he came to seek and to save the lost. Uh Paul told Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. In the now, we have work to do. We are here to 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 make disciples, uh, to preach Christ in all of life to our to our neighbors, to our family. Yes, 
uh, so that they'll become disciples of the Lord Jesus with us. But we are to also look forward with Paul in 2 Timothy 4 to eagerly long for the day. And the more that we, we eagerly long, because Jesus says in John 14 that he goes and prepares a place for us. And the thing is, is that Jesus has done that. He's gone ahead. He's prepared a place for us. In John 15, in fact, he says that we're no longer his enemies. We're his friends. We've been, we've been seated at the table of Christ because Christ is ascended. Ephesians 1 tells us that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We, have, we are his friends. We are sons and daughters of the king. And yet, while we're here in the now, we have work to do. We have, we have our spouse to love. If we have kids, we have our kids to love. If, if we have family members like nephews and nieces and aunts and uncles, we have work to do in loving them and serving them. If they're not saved, in telling them about the Lord Jesus. At work, God has placed you where he has you to work to tell other people about Jesus, to be salt and light in that place. Now, I understand that in some cases you may not be able to always tell other people about Christ, but you know what? Then there's social media today. Certainly you can use social media to share Bible verses, to share quotes, to to point people to good and, and godly resources, trustworthy resources. Uh, that will help them to grow in Scripture and in the grace of God revealed in the Word of God. You see, we are to eagerly long for the day. In the now, we have work to do. And yet, in the future, we will be with the Lord forever. We will worship before His face in heaven forever when, when we're with the Lord. But in the now, let us, let us be faithful. Let us be faithful to the Word Let us stand fast on the grace of God revealed in Scripture, and let's not waver. Let's let's run our race like Paul did, and eagerly, as we do, long for the day. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.